2: Bob, we've had a lot of guests over the years from DK Pittsburgh Sports. I don't know if we've ever had DK himself. I'm going to give it a shot here. Dan Kovacevic joins us from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Dan, did I get that right, or am I at least in the ballpark?
0: You nailed it just like Najee nailed that run that you just played back there against the
2: Browns. My man. Well, and and, and I, I know you'll understand when we call you DK for the next 10 minutes as well. My man. Very but we do so. We appreciate you coming on today, buddy.
1: Really appreciate it. So let's start at the the beginning here. The quarterback situation is a little bit unresolved to some degree. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, the presumed starter, but Kenny Pickett's arrival maybe changes that. Maybe Mason Rudolph can change all that. Well, how do you see it heading into the summer?
0: I really think it's Mitch's job to lose, and I, and I mean that in the in the most literal sense. Uh, after the Steelers completed minicamp last week here, uh, three days. Uh, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, spoke with all of them. They all said Mitch is the guy. Now, they also threw in the qualifier that, you know, there's going to be a competition that's set up for training camp when they get out to Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and and get into an actual battle. Now, the thing that I kept picking apart was that each one of these guys, when I'd ask them a question, would somehow segue into something about play action. And if you follow the Steelers' offense over – the last oh couple of decades you'll know that they haven't done that unlike almost every other NFL team Mitch Trubisky is the guy who can handle play action It doesn't mean the other two won't be able to learn it but Mitch comes with a decided advantage in that regard because they want to use play action to help out Najee they're going to be a running offense
2: so DK when uh, looking a little deeper into the Kenny Pickett selection here other than the fact that he wasn't Malik Willis or Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter? What attracted the Steelers to pick it? What do they see in his game that they think could spell long-term starter?
0: Well, more than anything, the first thing that they mention to you, whether it's on or off the record, is accuracy. And that's something that we all saw here, of course, in Pittsburgh, the same place <laughs> with both uh, the practice facility and at Heinz Field. That's what Kenny was known for. He had a, a really good touch on the ball. He also could release the ball On the run, including to his left, which is something that you don't see a whole lot of uh, efficiently, even at the NFL level, some of the better guys. So they feel they can have a different dimension with him back there, but he has so much to learn, you can imagine, that to just throw him in, to have him take over the offense. Again, this is where I come back to Mitch Trubisky having to lose the job versus someone else winning it. Do you see what I'm saying with that? I mean, I think yeah. Mitch is going to basically have to fall on his face in training camp in order to not be the starter.
1: So, and like, you know, you look back at the time in Chicago and it ended poorly, but there were times when he played reasonably well and some of the things he does well, the short and intermediate passes, maybe fit with, with what Matt Canada wants to do, as you mentioned. How does that fit in with guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool?
0: Well, it fits better with Deontay than it does with Claypool. Uh, Deontay is a guy who is an extraordinary route runner. I mean, it, it, when he first arrived here, even though he came from Toledo, we were, all of us, immediately comparing just his route running skills alone to those of Antonio Brown. Uh, he can he can really break violently. He was fifth in the NFL last year in yards after the catch, tenth overall. Uh, he can do a lot of different things, including the deep ball. I think he can be an especially dangerous weapon for the Steelers this year if he holds up over the full season, which has not been the case over the last couple of years. Claypool is a bit of a different case. Claypool, you look at him and you think of some of the catches that he made as a rookie, and you're thinking, what, big plays, right? Well, Claypool has lined up a lot in the slot in these offseason workouts, and I think that's something you're going to want to see. You're going to see the Steelers doing a lot of where they just spring him short and hope that he can use that big stride of his. Do you remember the way Juju Smith-Schuster looked in his rookie year with the Steelers? Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about where they Juju didn't go sprinting downfield and and you know where someone would hit him for an 80-yard bomb. It was quick and run. And they've seen a lot of that that they like from Claypool. If he's on the inside, maybe you can get George Pickens working on the outside.
2: Uh, And when it comes to Deontay going into the last year of his rookie deal here, where do you see this going in terms of a a long-term contract for Pittsburgh? I I don't,
0: uh, and maybe that's just a bias on my part, but uh, there's been no movement, no suggestion whatsoever on the part of the team that he'll be somebody that they're looking to sign for the long term. He's much more likely to be a guy that you let play it out, Um, whereas Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be the Steelers target. And I feel that's appropriate. This is an all pro safety who's shown signs over the course of his young NFL career, that he can be a truly special player. I don't see that with Deontay. I think he's outperformed his, um, where he was drafted from and where he was drafted in terms of the round. But I don't see Deontay as being a guy that you go and say, we're absolutely breaking the bank for him guys. You see it every year in the draft. I mean, you have your pick, you know what I mean? If you decide you want a wide receiver in the first two rounds, you're going to get yourself a heck of a player.
1: Uh, well, what do you think they got in, in this year in terms of receivers, George Pickens, Calvin Austin the third. anybody else on that list that you want to throw in there, you know, go down to Connor Haywood, etc. But those primarily those two wide receivers, do those guys look like the kind of guys that are stealer picks, i.e. guys that are going to turn into something?
0: Yeah, I think the one thing, you know, you can always go through – any team's draft history and find a position that they're really good at, and the Steelers have been that with wide receiver. I think it would be kind of hard to mount an argument against that. This year they have Pickens, who uh, everyone knows the kind of skill and talent that he had uh, in, in college. He also was hurt but ended up returning for the championship game and coming up with a 52-yard uh, catch. Uh, between him and, and Cal White, who is a very – I'm sorry, Cal Austin – a very, very different player, uh, a, a smaller guy, a really smaller guy uh, who can make plays uh, in traffic. He is seen by the coaching staff as being more than just some sort of gadget guy or a special teams guy or whatever. Although he's, he has a kick returning ability in his past as well. Uh, they see him as having a chance to partake in the offense as well. They're part, I, I'm not going to lie here. I'm actually more interested in seeing these wide receivers play out when they get to La Trobe than I am in the quarterback competition. I really am. To me, this is where the ceiling for this offense is. If these guys can make plays, in particular Pickens, you're looking at a very, very different Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022.
2: Uh, DK, when you look at the tight end position, Pat Frymuth uh, had a really good rookie season. Where do you expect to see the biggest improvement from him going into year two? well I, I think you could see
0: friarmouth and 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 you guys know most head coaches do this Mike Tomlin does it uh vocally and that is to uh, admonish his players when you're done being a rookie year two is when we expect to see the big leap uh Fryermuth has concentrated his off season on combat catches coming down with the football uh, he was really good at that, but at the same time, there's something still that wasn't all the way there in terms of consistency uh, as a rookie. And and that's to be expected. You know, you're not all the way in NFL shape, to borrow another Tomlinism that's often used around here. Uh, I think you could see Fryermuth not only within his own improvement, but also with the Steelers. Regaining some semblance of a trust to throwing to the middle of the football field, something that Ben Roethlisberger did not want to do. Ben was going side, 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 side. Uh, if, you're not going to hit your tight end out there. You know, you you've got to find him over the middle. And if they can get back to that, including those uh, those short routes out of the slot that I mentioned for Claypool. Then a lot of things open up for Fryermouth. and by the way, Zach Gentry, the other tight end, who came along pretty nicely last season.
1: Uh, running back, we've talked about Najee Harris. The workload was phenomenal. Everything we could want as fantasy managers: over three hundred carries, seventy-four catches, <clears throat> plenty of you know opportunities as a receiver. Should we a little talk that they're going to dial back a little bit? What area would they dial back, and who would they dial up?
0: Well, if you say that with an accompanying laugh track. You'll you'll get a much more realistic response from me, uh, because that line came from Najee himself, where he said the coaches have told him that they're going to try to, you know, roll back his his, his touches. It's not going to happen. There's absolutely nothing in the Tomlin history books that suggests that he would ever take it easy on a running back when he has him. He runs the wheels off him. Ask Le'Veon Bell. There was nothing left of Lev once he left Pittsburgh. Am I right?
2: Oh yeah! Look, he's been doing it since
0: Willie Parker's day. <laughs>
1: well, Go back further. When right. he
0: has a yeah, when he has a running back, he's going to let him fly. And I, I think you're going to see an awful lot of Najee. I also think, though, that there's a chance still that the Steelers could bring in a second running back. their, their backups are are a principal backup is Benny Snell. The one after that is Anthony McFarland. They have a couple of undrafted free agents they like, but that's not someone where you would have that situation that I believe the Steelers covet, to to reference Bell again, remember when D'Angelo Williams was in the backfield here sharing it with Lev, it was a whole lot different feel to of that offense because you had two very different running backs. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers still go out and get another RB2, but st- still the football is going to find its way into Najee's hands left and right.
2: All right, we'll wrap up with this, DK. Uh, what kind of shape is that offensive line in, or what kind of shape do you expect it to be in this year? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned
0: this, since this probably matters more than anything, doesn't it? <laughs> when you saw how that line was, uh, how awful it was last season, uh, they put a lot of money into it, as you know. James Daniels coming in, uh, Mason Cole coming in. Both of those guys as free agents, one from the Bears, one from the Vikings, keeping Chuk Socor for a right tackle for almost $30 million. And then you have Dan Moore at left tackle, who they liked as a rookie. He was one of the few rookies who didn't seem overwhelmed last year. Then they're going to have a couple of those guys battling it out at left guard between Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. I like the right side. I like it a lot, and I like Cole's ability in particular to block for the run, as he was doing for Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. There's no question the offensive line is going to be better than last year's, but that's damning it with faint praise because last year's might have been the worst in the league. They have a long, long way to go, and they don't have a whole lot of time to get up to snuff, but give the Steelers credit. They put their money where their mouth is this time and went out and got some guys.
2: All right. Uh, well, we'll see if it's enough to make them a contender in the AFC North this year and certainly make plenty of fantasy managers contenders as well. And uh, we'll see it through the eyes of Dan Kovacevic. At DK Pittsburgh Sports. You can find Dan on Twitter at his name with an underscore. Here we go. D E J A N underscore K O V A C E V I C. As I like to say, just as it sounds. Dan, go to my we, Twitter feed and click it there. You can do that as well. But, uh, I mean, let's the, the, My man's not hurting for Twitter follows, no, by the way. Not. So he's doing just fine. Uh, Dan, we appreciate the. Uh, the time today and uh, you got a great stable of guys that work for you there as well and we love having them on so uh, thanks for the insight look forward to catching up with you later on this year
1: appreciate it man take
0: care guys
2: all right buddy there he goes uh, DK from now on DK Pittsburgh sports now you know where that DK comes from